With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, this is Lauren Lester and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. And knowing is half the battle. You are tuned into Aftertunes here on TuneCast. Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Hello and welcome to TuneCast. This is episode 291. We're on the road to 300 and we're continuing on with the TuneCast origins here on the GeekCast Radio Network. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike. And this time around, I have a beachhead with me. He is the leader, question mark, of what's on Joe Wine now? I don't know. I haven't kept up. But it is Mike Arizari. Did I say your name right? I you never got it. know. Dead on, man. Dead on. You're, you're, <laughs> awesome, you're awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess technically I am the leader. I, I'm the last one standing from the, the classic lineup. So <laughs> oh, I, man. Guess, I guess it's kind of got to be me at this point. Wow, really? You're the only original? Wow, that's crazy. And, and for the record, I'm not even one of the originals. Uh, well, okay, but yes. But, but uh, as far as from, from our heyday, yes, from yes. our time of peak popularity, I'm the last one, yes. Wow, that's that's crazy. Crazy, crazy times. Dang. I guess. It's been a couple of years now, so. Oh God! Well, the last time we talked was in 2014 when you did your comic origins over on the pullback. I forgot wow, we already was, did that one. Was 2014? Yeah, it was 2014. It's I been. Was a thinking, I was thinking of that like it. I mean, I knew it would have been a little while, but I was thinking yeah. like eh, three, four years ago. No, we're no, like no. eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah almost, almost a decade. Wow, almost a decade. I'm sorry. We'll have to come in and do one of those again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We reformatted in 2020. We uh, I added more questions, and I'm thinking about reorganizing it and reform. We added up to I think we had 20 questions originally. We then went to 25 when I reformatted it in 2020. And it's still the the same type of you know how did you get into comics, DC or Marvel, blah blah blah. It's the same stuff. It's just I added a few more character things, and I'm still I'm thinking of toying with that format. For a while, but I've expanded that into all the other podcasts for various things, and this is the cartoon one. So, yay! Everybody likes cartoons, right? Right. Well, I mean, at least two hundred ninety-one episodes worth. Sure. Yeah, I. It's working for you pretty well. I guess so. I guess so. So, I always have to preface this because why would I have somebody on here that didn't? But this is basically a a gimme answer. 
Did you grow up watching cartoons and what were some of your earliest cartoon memories? Oh my God. Did, did I, have I stopped watching cartoons yet? It's like spiral through my forties. No, no, I haven't. Um, I tell you, it was very much a family affair. My earliest memories of watching animation. Uh, we, we was what watching Looney Tunes with my dad, uh, on Saturday mornings. He, he is a, to this day, a classic, uh, roadrunner fan. Like you can, you can distract him with a, a good, uh, Roadrunner or, or Foghorn Leghorn or like those are his favorites. Um, I say, so, boy, I say, boy, you're not doing I, it right, boy. Right. Just some some loudmouth Southerner getting his his constant come up and makes my dad laugh. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> that that's really the roots of it all. That's the earliest one I can remember. And, and um, you know, he's he's always had a soft spot for it, too. So that always helped that he was even as we moved into the stuff that was more um you know, relevant for us and not so much for him, he would still, you know, he, he would still, and my mom too, um, mm. they would still kind of check it out just to see what we were into. And then they'd, they'd also allow themselves the ability to enjoy it. So it was always, it's always kind of a family thing going back to the earliest days. Very cool. Very cool. And the funny thing is about Looney Tunes is in the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Well, by the nineties we knew, but, in the 80s, as, as young kids, we thought, hey, this is brand new for us. This is awesome. Not realizing they were made anywhere from 1927 to 1967 at the time. So, so I, I guess yeah. I mean, it, it falls under the category of anything you haven't seen is new to you. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But that, uh, that, I, I know for, for my mom, especially my mom was always uh, she was a big time film buff. I mean, like she she loved uh, old movies and old TV, and so she would when 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 she was watching shows with us, she would tell us like the movie that she saw that cartoon with when she was a kid and things like that. So right. so we we always had an idea that these were the things that came before us, mm-hmm. and it was always kind of cool that we were watching this thing that was twenty and thirty and forty years older than we were uh, on yep. the TV and and sharing that with with the generation that came before us. So we we had a sense of it, I think. Yeah, that's that's very cool, very cool. So what cartoons were you watching most as a kid? Were you a Saturday morning consumer after school or both? I would say I would say both. I'd say more so on Saturday, uh, on weekend weekdays rather. Um once GI Joe hit the weekdays, that was that was it for me. Like there the I didn't care about any of the other ones. I was I never got into He-Man, I never got into ThunderCats. Transformers was okay, but the, I don't think the quality was as good for that as it was for GI Joe. So um <coughs> oh, my heart. Ow. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that I don't love those characters, man, but you I mean just from an animation standpoint, it was there was there's a lot more weird episodes and errors and things like that in Transformers than there was in GI Joe. Blue Optimus Prime, Blue Optimus, uh, Sideswipe hanging around Decepticon headquarters. Yeah, uh, Dead Brawn in a firefight in season three. It's it's all over the place. Wrong again, you dipstick tape deck. But uh, so so I was you know every so often something would catch my eye on on weekdays. Uh, I remember I, I enjoyed Mask when it was on. Um, as I got a little older, I, I would find myself needing to fill that niche again. And and like I would I would watch uh, I watched Cops. Mm-hmm. Um, Real Ghostbusters was was a, fu- a a favorite. I'm actually rewatching that now. Uh, I'm getting close to the end of it, and it's the Very first cool. time I've seen those since I was a kid. And 
I'm kind of surprised how well most of them hold up. Yeah. They yeah. Got I the mean, characters, right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's, and I always say, and I say this in every podcast and the listeners are probably tired of me saying this, but it's true. None of these things were meant to hold up. They were made in the time that they were made in. So that's how I look at them. Like, gee, I, everything you've already listed is like, those are 80s cartoons. You can't right. put them into today's standards because who the hell knows what Cobra Commander might say as Starscream to Matt Tracker. You know, you just never know kind of thing. Right. It, it's never going to be a perfect fit. That that fit's going to get worse and worse as time goes on. But I, I think the I think the the good ones do find a way to at least be applicable to what's going on. I, I mean, you know, we, we started this off talking about Looney Tunes and we were watching those 40 years after they they'd rolled out the first time. Yep. And I, I don't think it's a whole lot different for for a kid getting shown uh, dad and mom's version of G.I. Joe today. Like you, you're, there's still a good amount of value there, and you know, yeah, maybe yeah. some of the, all of the cultural references don't quite click, and but I, I still think that a quality show still brings that quality. Yeah, the sad thing is the kids today don't have a GI Joe cartoon because ooh, ooh, there's so many weird things going on with that license. I, I honestly, I think the the weirdest thing that goes on with that license is the apathy connected to it. <laughs> uh, but it's uh it's crazy that this is this is their their in-house brand so to speak mm-hmm. at hasbro and they have they have called upon it to save their bacon any number <laughs> of times in their history and right now it's just the one that that only gets to come off of the bench because there's a small segment of fans still hanging on that refuse to let go and um i, I mean gi joe is a is a brand that should just be evergreen it is it is their version of of uh of of adventures you know mm-hmm. uh, it's sure it's a military backdrop but that's not really what gi joe's ever been about you know it, it's been about adventures and that and um yeah. th- that's very versatile and i don't think they're they want to see that right now and i'm not sure why i'm not sure why either and you can still have like how many adventurers have there been since the eighties or how many, how many various things like, you know, there are so many things that, that we can do in the real world that you could apply to animation. You could, I mean, I know this is going against the brand. You could take the military and just tone it down completely, but that would be going against the brand. Like I said, and the thing of it is, is for me, this is what I remember. And this is just my own personal memory. That cartoon, the original Real American Hero cartoon, it was like our parents wanted us to have a plan. We were either going to, you know, go to school, go to college, grow up to be police officers, EMTs, firemen, go into the military, whatever. And I personally feel like that cartoon was to show us kids partly what military life was like, even though it wasn't exactly realistic, obviously, but it was one of those things where it was like, Hey, we have this giant robot cartoon that, you know, no one's going to end up going to planet Cybertron. And then we have this down to earth, even though it had wild episodes and whatever else, but down to earth, like human based 
cartoon in G.I. Joe. And it right. sucks that they have not, and I'm sorry, I'll let you. It's uh, like we've got, we're coming up on 40 years of Transformers. We're coming up on 40 years of G.I. Joe. How many G.I. Joe cartoons have there been? Three? Four? Well, I mean, there was, uh, after Real American Hero, there was the hmm. second run of Real American Hero that Deke did, which was not good. Yeah. And then there was Extreme, which was actually pretty good. Um, I think it got hurt a little bit by the poor performance of the toys more than hmm. more than the, the quality of the show. Yeah. Uh, and then we had, um, there was a, a little bit of a break there. And then um, Sigma Six and... Renegades, Resolute. Renegades, and Resolute. You know, Resolute was in there somewhere as as yeah. kind of a one off, um, and none of them hit all the buttons, right? Yeah, um, it, it's it just for as much as and again, I my my audience is mostly GI Joe fans, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, I know you're more of a Transformers guy, <laughs> and what I've what I've always loved about the Transformers crowd is that you guys are willing to hit the reset button as oftentimes as it takes, right? You don't like well, something, whatever, flush it. Let's get it. We got a new continuity going and we'll, we'll make some new memories here, man. Yeah. The Joe crowd just does not want to do that. I don't understand that though. You have, again, like you said, you have Hasbro as the company with two of their biggest franchises, they are gung ho all on one, and then on the other, they're like, eh, yeah. it's not the right time, or it's not this, or it's not that, or well, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could lend any kind of thread to that, you know, I, but honestly, I, I think it just comes down uh, from the discussions that, like, we've had on What's on Joe Mind with, with Mark Weber, who used to be the head of marketing for G.I. Joe. Uh, and now is one of the co-hosts of our show. Um, I, I, I think Joe just got caught in the wash of some some office politics. I think there's just people that are are there and in, in high-ranking spots that were in charge of the G.I. Joe brand when it was not a very successful brand. Mm. And, and I think they carry that prejudice with them in the positions that they have now. And, um, you know, all all... all love in the world goes to the folks who have worked on that brand since uh from from you know from sigma six through 25th anniversary through all the way down through through what we've got going today uh this is that's not a comment on the folks who are in charge of the creative side now that is not that's not a that's not a a statement against the folks who do the marketing and the design and you know emily and lenny are there now and i i feel they're knocking out of the park most of the time with what limited uh resources they have yeah, um, but um, but yeah, there's there's just something going on where where GI Joe is a taboo word at a certain level of management at Hasbro, and I really think it just comes down to that. I don't know if there's any deep dark conspiracies that we love to formulate because you know what I think about conspiracies, man. Three people can't keep a secret, <laughs> so conspiracies are are have to. Yeah, like they just don't happen, right? Most of the time, 99% of the time, what you think is a conspiracy is not a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think there's just a, it's just a, it's just a taboo right now. And, and it's not going to be until certain people are out of that company and out of positions of influence. Yeah. Well, that sucks because, yeah. you know, you, you know, it's not, G.I. Joe isn't just lumped in. 
it isn't to me. It, it even though I'm not that like I was, I'm on the Transformers side, and I want to, and I'm going to eventually go back and probably spend an, a weird amount of money to get that Footlocker set. But I am going to go back and watch that old cartoon. But it's one of those things where. Hey, it's you, don't have to, you don't have to spend any money at all. You can just watch it on Tubi for free. Well, that's that's true. That's yeah, that's true. Anyway, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's all right. Uh, yes, folks, Tubi. They don't sponsor us, but go watch cartoons on Tubi. Tubi's amazing. Yes, yes, it is. Forget paying for a cable package when there's Tubi. But what I was going to say was. G.I. Joe is one of those, it was, back in the 80s, one of those breakout, standout things along with, like, you have this timeline. And I mentioned, again, I say this every episode of every show that I've talked about stuff. The cartoon timeline of the 80s into the 90s is just a constant cartoon express of events, Go from G.I. Joe to He-Man to Transformers and Voltron in 84 to Thundercats, Mask, Gem in 85. Uh, 86 was Silverhawks. 87 is Turtles and Turtles goes to 96. But like there was this whole thing of as when I was a kid, it was like, oh, this is over. What's next? And then obviously in 1989 and 1990, The Simpsons hit and then everything just exploded. Right. So I assume I already know the, the answer to this one, but what was your number one favorite cartoon as a kid? Uh, you know, yeah, I think we've hit on that one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even then, like when I was a kid, there was just an energy about G.I. Joe, right? Like even as a kid, we recognized that some of those some of those plots were pretty dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that these were not uh, these were not real world situations that our very real world styled heroes were, were being thrust into. Yes. But what was the best part of the GI Joe show? It's something that my mom actually put her thumb on for me. And, uh, cause she, she was watching with us one day and, and I asked her, it's like, Hey mom, why, why do you want to watch GI Joe with us? Cause she would, she I'm mm-hmm. almost, almost on a daily basis, weekdays at four mom was there in front of the TV with us. And um, she was like, you know, I like it because the adults in the show act like adults. Right. There's never an episode where, 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 you know, that shows kids doing things that put themselves in danger to, to, to stop the bad guys. This is all, you know, the, these people, they're, they're, they're very real. They're very well-rounded. They have, um, you know, they, they, they have thoughts and sometimes they're not nice. And, and sometimes they, they like one another and sometimes they love one another and sometimes they don't like one another. And that's just how people act. And so I like that in your kid show is that the people act like people and the adults act like adults. And that to, I have carried that with me to this day as, as a hallmark of good edge of, of good uh, animated television. Mm, like, absolutely. Like, like you can, you can dumb these things down to, to little kids, but once you get to, to where you're, your viewership needs is, is in that seven, eight, nine year old range. It, it's got to start leveling up a little bit. And, and, um, and GI Joe did that. GI Joe was yeah. not written. It, it's sometimes written about silly things, but it was never written in a silly way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good thing. She, I hope she never saw a mask because they were always putting that kid in harm's way. Well, he, that, he, uh, he did a good job of putting himself in harm's way. And she well, true. Like, yeah. She yeah, was not yeah. really a fan of mask. No, 
but but in 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 defense I was never a fan of Scott Tracker, so <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't as worried about that. Like no. we, Mask would come on, and we'd watch it for a while. Mask was on after GI Joe, so it was it was a quick, quick turnaround. Yeah, it would just like there were times where I remember just physically, God, he's in trouble again. You know, <laughs> just just my little, you know, Long Island ten year old smart ass self sitting on the couch, just just despondent because it's another oh we have to save Scott episode. Yeah. Oh my god, I hate Scott Tracker. To this day, I hate Scott Tracker. You know what's the crazy thing is? While I do also share the hatred of that character, I hate T-Bob more. T-Bob is the worst. No, I love T-Bob. <laughs> T-Bob is... T-Bob, what? He's money. He is a no! comedy genius. He is a comedy genius, but he aids in the stupidity of Scott. He oh has my. no choice. He's programmed to. Yes, well... He is programmed to listen to Scott, so he has to listen to Scott. If if I, he's programmed well enough to at least throw a sardonic line out there as he is doing what he is forced to do by programming, then so be it. That's that's the best case scenario for that poor guy that we could ask for. I guess. I mean, unless you want to, you know, give him a talking cat from Thundera that, you know, well, you know, you can't. Well, little Miss Nursemaid over there. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're, we're getting things out of the way early, folks. But that's a question that comes later. I'm going. I'm going. See y'all later. I hope. Early Thundercats are tough to watch for me. It got a little better as it went, but man, those the first couple seasons are those are hard. You know, those later episodes are also hard too. Sometimes. What are some other cartoons you like? Do you have a favorite cartoon genre or type? I was uh, probably number two all time in uh, in our house growing up, and 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 if you ask my brother, it's probably his number one. My older brother, uh, Super Friends, like superheroes are a big thing. Uh, so that was uh, really the linchpin of our Saturday for a solid decade. Uh, was uh, was the Super Friends, and um, when when they went off the air in eighty seven or eighty eight or whatever that was. Yep. You know, they, they used to have those, those, uh, it was always the, the Friday night, the night before the new season of Saturday morning shows would premiere. They would have a, a preview show of what was coming for Saturday night. And that first one that they rolled out of there that did not have some version of super friends or superpowers or whatever, mm-hmm. you could have heard a pin drop in our family room. <laughs> you were just stunned. We just we could we were not ready to handle the world without a weekly dose of animated Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, etc. Yes. Um, so that was number two. I, I always enjoyed. Again, I, I said I was watching them now, uh, but real Ghostbusters was a was a. Uh, I loved it. You know, we I, we grew up in New York. There's a lot of smart New York stuff written in that show. That 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 show is very much a love letter to the city it's set in. Yeah, uh, kind of like absolutely. the movies were. Yep. So they they, so they really they hit a lot of those notes very well on that show. I, I'm I'm really I'm stunned how well it holds up. Don't look good. Oh, 
me think what else did was I just glued to, um, again, I liked mask. Um, uh, I was always uh, kind of sad that centurions never got more of a run. Um, it was kind of a dopey show, but it would had a really good, um, had a really good opening miniseries, and then it kind of it, it tailed off a bit after that. Yeah. But um, uh, what else? What else? <laughs> what else? Uh, well, well, we'll stick with that. I'm sure it'll come to me as we go. There we go. How did your cartoon watching habits change as you grew up and throughout your life? I, I'll be honest. I don't know how much they have. Obviously, <laughs> I, I watch. I watch. I watch more stuff that's that's geared for adults. Like I've I've made that transition. It's, um, you know, Venture Brothers and and uh, and Simpsons and and Family Guy and and you know it's stuff that's meant for adults. I I watch more often than I watch shows for kids anymore. But every so often, a really smart kid show will come along, and, and I'll get stuck on that too. One of my one of my absolute favorite shows of of ever is mm-hmm. Phineas and Ferb. Ha ha! Yes, I know what we're doing today. Love Phineas and Ferb, and uh, there is no reason for me to have caught that show other than one night I'm flipping through channels, and late night on Disney, um, whatever Disney Channel, you know, whichever one it's on. Yeah, I, I'm watching this weird little cartoon with a secret agent platypus and a wisecracking mad scientist, and I am, I'm, I'm in. I'm just in. A platypus? Right. Perry the platypus. Perry the platypus, what are you doing down here? Dad? Oh, hi, Vanessa. Dad, what are you doing? Well, I'll be honest, I don't really understand, but I fell down this hill. Now I got glue on my hands, and I got records on my fingers. Records on my fingers, I got records on my fingers, and I just can't stop. Don't stop. I can't stop, I got a platypus controlling me. I got a platypus controlling me. Now let me sum it up, it was a strange set of circumstances. I fell down the hill, I got glue on my hands, now I got records on my fingers, and I just can't stop. Don't stop, don't stop. Well, I would if I was able, there's a platypus controlling me, he's underneath the table. There's a platypus controlling him, what? Oh, I get it. Platypus is a metaphor for whatever's keeping you down. Like corporations are a platypus. The government's a platypus. Your teacher is a platypus. My teacher is a panda. Society's a platypus. My parents are a platypus. The media is a platypus. It's all just propaganda. Yeah, we all got a platypus controlling us. Just me. We all got a platypus controlling us. Hey, I'm not speaking metaphorically. The platypus controlling me is underneath the table. Wait. Oh, wait, no, he's gone. controlling me there's no platypus controlling me your dad's kind of cool you're my punk rock boyfriend you're not supposed to think my dad is cool it only matters that i think he's cool she thinks i'm cool man I, if you gave me just just 26 seasons of doofenshmirtz i'd never get tired of it um but that that's another one uh, that, that that just add it to the list as we go um, yeah, but you know, I, I, I don't know past that. Cause I never, I, I don't have a lot of, like, I haven't made the transition transition into anime very often. Um, yeah. there's a few that I've liked over the years, but, but on the whole, it's, it's not a, it's not a genre that I'm real, real keen on. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's, I, I like ones that are smart. I like ones that don't insult my intelligence. I, I like ones that have a point. Um, 
And and so it, it, it really it's it's not a whole lot different than non-animated television. You know, it's, mm-hmm. if it, if it strikes that chord, whatever weird fancy that that uh, makes me like a show, being animated or not doesn't seem to matter too much. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I, like I had no idea you were a Phineas and Ferb fan. We've been oh, covering man. Phineas and Ferb since 2011. <laughs> Back in was it 2016 or 2017? I forget. My buddy Michael Wilson and I started the podcast organization without a cool acronym, and we were going through every single episode. We've made it up to season three so far. <laughs> it's, it's a great show, man. It's a great show. It's such a great show. I don't know if you've followed uh, what Dan and Swampy did after that, but they did Milo Murphy's Law, which is also a really, really great show. I, I haven't seen too, too much of it. I've caught the odd episode here and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I had, pretty uh, good. I, I got some of my friend's kids stuck on Phineas and Ferb when I was uh, <laughs> watching that one. And and so they would tell me about Milo Murphy's Law. Very cool. And very so cool. I, I kind of use I, I've caught that. I know more about that one than than I should having <laughs> maybe three episodes of it just from listening to them relay yeah. stories about it to me. Absolutely. How often do you go back and rewatch any of the cartoons you grew up with? Oh wow! Uh, it depends. I, I I think I'll go back and catch GI Joe every four or five years. I, I've caught a lot of it in this last year. So you know they have that 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 uh, that live feed on on YouTube. So the episodes that are in there, I've seen an awful lot of in the last twelve months. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but. Uh, Besides that, I'll go and give it a like a, a front to back rewatch the the, the Sunbow stuff every four or five years. The Deke stuff, there's a bit more time in between. That's those I, are tough, man. That first season of Deke is okay. Yeah, he said with a sneer. Uh, the second <laughs> season is ooh, that second season of Deke is just just bad. It's about as bad as the second season of Mask, even though it was only ten episodes. You know, I, it's it's worse than that. Like the second season of Mask is crazy. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> it's, it's better than the second season of GI Joe. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Which and I and I hate this. Like I've already said, I I fully believe stuff is meant to be looked at and viewed at in the time that it was made. But we have to ask this question. Apparently, which cartoons from your childhood have you rewatched as an adult, and which ones held up the best and or worst? Um. Well, again, we've covered that with with GI Joe. GI Joe held yeah. up. It holds up as about as well now as it did then. Um, <laughs> yeah right right you know like the again some of the some of the uh the technology stuff is a little weird and outdated like there's you know just passing phone booth references and things like that you know d- dumb stuff but on yeah. the whole it's it's gi joe is always kind of slightly futuristic so it, it it it's held up about as well as it can um what hasn't held up oh wow i don't know um because I, I like the ones that i don't enjoy from back then, I, I don't think it's because it's it's interpreted any differently. Like I, I was never a He-Man fan, right? And that show had mm-hmm. a big part of it because I love the aesthetic of Masters of the Universe. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. I'm not a big swords and sorcery type, so the fact that there was a a good healthy dose of science fiction mixed in there was was very attractive to me. But 
you know, you, you get you'd get to where you're watching the show. And it just was like they would build this very complicated problem um, in in very basic terms. You know, Filmation very much wrote that as a kid show. Uh, and then that that very complicated problem with these very layered characters would get solved by He-Man pushing something over uh, or breaking a machine. And that would like He-Man is the ultimate Mary Sue and he is absolutely a, a buzzkill of a character. It, it sounds so so weird to say it out loud because he's such a big part of what that is. But I would love Masters of the Universe if not for He-Man. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm just now thinking about it. You're right. He would always throw a rock or a boulder or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sensors didn't allow him to fight anybody. Well, right. Yeah, obviously. But I, I'm thinking in my brain between the 80s and 90s, and I know that Killer Croc was around before – he-Man was, but because of comics and all that. But cartoon-wise, technically, He-Man threw a rock at him first, right? <laughs> right. No, but but I don't think that. Like my dislike for He-Man, those those shows play. I think they too play about as well now as they did then. Like I, I don't think yeah. the fact that it's forty years later has anything to do with why those don't land with me. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a certain extent of it where, where kids are kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're writing a show aimed at that demographic, it's it, it's not going to change a whole lot. Again, it's it's going to be a bit more culturally relevant. But yeah. as far as the lessons and the characters and things like that, they're they're pretty much they're pretty much going to be the same. I mean, the lessons really like okay, so the basic and again, I've been doing this for 14 years. We spent. 10 or so years. Actually, we've covered almost all of it except the new Netflix Masters stuff. Well, we've covered the Kevin Smith Fuck Me show, but Easy. Uh, hey, dude, it's we're, we're, we're explicit around here. I, that, that, oh, God, that show. <laughs> it's all but, right. uh, I, I haven't but, seen it, so I'll, 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 uh, I can't yeah, pass Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, one I of those don't things. Wanna, I don't care about email. But, yeah, exactly. But the thing about the filmation show was you had an episode that had something happen and you needed to teach kids a lesson. And I do think a lot of those, okay, maybe, you know, call your local blah, blah, blah to blah, blah, blah. Maybe those don't hold up, but like the standard things of stop, drop, and roll and what th- th- those are universal. Right. I guess. Be kind. Yeah, uh, listen to adults in in, in authority situations. Exactly. Um, you know, don't don't trust strangers. Mm-hmm. You know, right out of the gate, but be nice to them. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just stuff like that. It, it it's not going to be any different from one generation to the next. There's some very basic level of of values that we've tried to instill going back well before the 80s when we were. Oh, we, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. I, th- I think it just hit more in the 80s because they're like. Oh crap! We have to have PSAs after every one of these violent cartoons, <laughs> right? That really weren't terribly violent, but sure. I, no, I mean, well, like we said, he threw a rock just to save somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Which cartoons that have aired when you were an adult have you liked the most? Now you mentioned Phineas and Ferb, so what is it about that show specifically? And you mentioned Perry and, and Doof and all that, but what else? Well, again, everybody is very real, right? Like the kids act like kids, mm-hmm. uh, the adults act like adults, um, and they don't dumb them down. Like um, 
Linda and Lawrence are the parents. They're they're not stupid people. They're not they're they're clueless about what's going on in the backyard all the time. But yeah. it's because they're distracted with hobbies and um you know doing family stuff and one another's company. Like they're doing actual things. They're not they're not clueless because they're dumb. They're just it, they're clueless almost entirely by chance. And that's yeah. part of the part of the fun of the show is fig, is is finding what uh crazy circumstances are going to emerge to distract Linda from disciplining her children that day. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh since I've been an adult, I, I would say the first the first cartoon that I truly loved as an adult, um besides, I mean ba- putting Batman the animated series kind of on the line as I made the transition into my post 18 world. Right. Uh, but the first one that happened entirely as an adult would have been the tick. Oh my God. I love the tick. Uh, just got done rewatching the, the tick. It's on Hulu for anybody who's, who's got Hulu out there. Very um, cool. Very cool. But, uh, love the tick. Um, uh, mentioned venture brothers before, uh, always, always a winner. Um, uh, family guy was, I, I, I hate to be that guy, but Family Guy was a show I enjoyed very much, and now a little less so. Um, it, it, as as like that's a show that kind of needs to die. Uh, the Simpsons, of course, uh, is is a classic. It kind of needs to die. Uh, I understand why they haven't. Yeah, but they they mm, they're they're tough to watch. Well, uh, you know they 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 could have given us a they could have given us that second movie by now, but oh no. Would would you really want a second movie? Depending on what the story was. Well, I haven't. I've seen maybe a half of an episode recently. I don't even remember the last season I watched fully. Uh, I I can't either. But I, I pop in every maybe three four weeks, and it it's just it's never like there's still moments. Um, yeah. Um, they, they can still put a gag on with anybody yeah. they're, they're that good but in terms of just because we've known the story of these characters for over a quarter of a century third of a century now i guess yeah um and when they start hitting beats that don't fit in those those character molds it hits it feels less like development and and more like we just don't have anywhere else to go so he just this that feel they just have to throw out what was what came before and try yeah. something completely different. And again, I understand that, but at what point do we just not just wad it up and try maybe a different show? Right? <laughs> I I don't yeah, I don't know, man. It's they're in like, what three Family Guy was fun at the beginning because those episodes they tried they put the veneer of um of all this crazy stuff and this edgy stuff happening within the standard family sitcom trope of everybody learns a lesson and there's there's some semblance of heart in in that in in the overlying uh you know plot of the the show you know they are trying to be better at the at the end than they were at the beginning and somewhere along the way that that show has completely thrown that out the window so it's you're just kind of watching for these funny beats these throwaway gags these cutaways Mm-hmm. Um, and they're and again they're funny i don't want to take away from it these cutaway mm-hmm. gags are, are still pretty good they can still put those together with the best of them yep. but in terms of what's going on with the characters that you care about eh, 
Uh, and the funny thing is, I tried that uh, a number of years ago, and I just I never got into the characters. Uh, again, I, I, I'm not saying they're the greatest, but yeah, but, but uh, and uh, you know it is what it is. But it's just one of those things where there are only so many times you can see Stewie curse out Lois in various ways without actually cursing her out. Sure, without him sure, but- actually saying. Mom, you are a shitball or whatever the hell. Like, you know, just. Oh right. Like, But Stewie, the evil genius, was more entertaining for me than whatever right. Stewie is now. Yeah. You know, Brian, the voice of reason from the dog, uh, <laughs> is more entertaining <laughs> to me than, you know, then as Brian, the, the, the alcoholic douchebag is today. You know, yeah. Peter, the, the lovable lunkhead who can't, you know, tie his shoes. Is is was more entertaining then as Peter the just open asshole is now. So there's there's like these characters have have been around. Those characters have been around so long they've become the perverted images of themselves. Yeah, you know, like they're and they're through the looking glass, and and what we've got left is this twisted remnant of what came before, and it's it's not as much fun. Yeah, and. Content creation, like those that cre- those of us that create content, sometimes the content reflects what's going on in our lives. Sure. And maybe McFarlane has gone through some shit where all of a sudden he's allowed his real life to come through to these characters and and screwed them up beyond repair. I, maybe I, I the the scuttlebutt has been for a few years that he's he's really wished they would cancel family guy. So he could just go on and do other things. Yeah. And maybe that's what they're, that maybe that's what they are trying to do. It just won't happen because family guy is the number one rated show for viewers between what is it like 18 and 34? Yeah. So, you know, it's crap in the ratings overall, but it really hammers that demographic, which is an important demographic for setting ad rates. So family's not family guy isn't going anywhere, not for a while. Um, no matter how mean spirited and, and heartless they want to make it. Uh, and and it okay, again, I don't want to say that it happens all the time. They do they do come through with an episode that's kind of fun once in a while. They do it more often than The Simpsons does. Um, yeah. which uh really the Simpsons, I please, please somebody kill the Simpsons. I think the last episode I remember, and it was only because Patrick Stewart was there, it was the Stonecutters. That was the last episode I remember watching, like all the way through. Wow. Yeah, that's going back a ways. Yeah, and like I, I think I tried to watch the season thirty-two premiere. I don't remember, but like. Yeah, the Simpsons. I have completely fallen off the the <laughs> Simpsons uh, uh, Bart wagon. Ah, I don't know. So, yeah. On the flip. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. On the flip side of all of that, are there any cartoons you hate or have been greatly disappointed by? <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Um, Because, like, if I'm going to be interested enough to, to tune in, I've already gone through a pretty good vetting process. Anyway, like, time is short, right? There's there's a lot of TV out there to watch, and there's no way I'm going to catch it all. 
<laughs> so if I'm tuning in in the first place, you're already checking boxes. Mm-hmm. And and even if you don't check them real hard, like you're, it's, I'm not going to be so angry about it that, you know, that I'm going to, I would classify as being just greatly disappointed. I, I, I don't know if I invest enough in any television program to just be pissed off by them when they don't land. Right. Um, I'm trying to think like, uh, no, yeah, no, not really. Just, I, I, okay. I, if I don't like cool. it, I'd stop. Yeah. I'm not a exactly. complete this stuff. I know there's some folks that they watch the first episode of something. They got to sit through it all the way through. Um, uh, I'm not, I'll, I'll drop you halfway. Yeah. Half the time. If I don't like, again, I, I, I I've said this for 14 years. Advertisements and or trailers or whatever are there to either get you into the thing that they're trying to show you, or it's going to turn you off on it. And there are cartoons that I've seen commercials of and whatever. And I'm just like, nope, that's not for me. And I'm not going to waste my time. Right. If it's for somebody else, hey, fine, great. Go ahead. Enjoy. I don't care. But right. Uh, like uh, very... Adult Swim is kind of that way, right? Like Adult Swim is <laughs> is a phenomenon that I was there at the beginning. Uh-huh. I remember watching the very first night Adult Swim was a thing, mm-hmm. and it is just as I have I have aged out. Yep, you know, like yeah, they they very rarely does a show come on Adult Swim that I am at all interested in, and usually if one does, it's not going to be there for very long because if it's appealing to an old dude like me, eh, they don't, they don't have any use for it anymore. They're, they're, they they want people in their twenties. They yep. they want the the young upstarts, and that's I'm just an old upstart now. I'm a middle aged upstart. Yeah, I'm a middle aged upstart that lost the brakes. Right. So <laughs> I'm like running off the tracks at this point. Don't worry, just put your arms out, man. There's nothing nothing to do but take off. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Who is your end all be all favorite character from any cartoon? You can pick a hero and a villain. A hero and a villain, you say? Yep. From any cartoon. Wow. Wow. Um. I uh, let's see. From from the hero side, I'm going to dip back into to Batman the animated series here, and I'm going to say yeah. that uh, that Dick Grayson's the guy, <laughs> whether it's Robin or Nightwing. Absolutely. Um, Dick Grayson for me is um, he's the best character in comics, right? Um, yeah, I would because say. He, he's stuck next to Batman, who is <laughs> who is this incomparable. Like when Batman is done well, he's a badass. When he's done poorly, he's a Mary Sue, and and it's you know you know your your mileage may vary depending on on where he where it falls in that spectrum from story to story. But somehow Dick Grayson lands right next to that guy and always comes out being pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> like he's Batman with a personality. He- yeah, I, I say I say this all the time. Batman, regardless of how good or bad he can be at times, Batman is the legendary figure. Batman is the one you want to live up to. However, Dick Grayson Robin slash Nightwing is the one that you may be able to relate somewhat to. 
Absolutely. Granted, not not all of us are going to be able to relate to having our parents, you know, being murdered at the circus. But, you know, the fact that Bruce takes him in, you know, you think of, you know, foster families and, and orphans and all of that. And the fact that Bruce himself was an orphan, obviously, his parents got shot in front of him. Right. You know, and all that. And obviously, Alfred and whatever else. But, yeah, like. Dick Grayson, Robin Nightwing, yeah, very much like he he is that. But you you should want to be Dick Grayson, like like you you brought mm-hmm. it up right there. Bruce Wayne's yep. parents were killed in front of him, and he was brought in. Uh, you know, Alfred took him in as he was his own. Um, and, and you know, there's some weird lines getting drawn there because he was the family butler and all that. But for all intents and purposes, Alfred brought that kid up like he was yep. Bruce Pennyworth, and he still. He's still pretty fractured, right? Whereas Dick Grayson, his his parents die in front of him in similarly violent circumstances. Um, He gets brought in by Bruce Wayne and he's, I mean, obviously you never, you never totally get over something like that. Um, But he's, he can at least, he's at least moved forward with his life. It's not like bringing, bringing his, his parents killers to justice. Um, you know, and, and everybody who dares do similar actions is not just every thought of every day of every waking moment for Dick Grayson. He he's he's got other things on his plate. He's a despite his tragedy, he's a fully formed person in ways that Bruce Wayne just is not. Well, because Bruce is so broken. Well, again, Bruce it's is a, it's a similar it, it's a similar it's a similar origin in that sense. And whereas Bruce may be stronger in body, I think Dick is stronger in character. He's stronger in character. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with the Bruce Wayne, Batman, BTAS character. I mean, there are things wrong with the character, but that like, it's not portrayed incorrectly. It's portrayed. Oh, no, no, emotionally. I love it. It's, it's the best. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, absolutely. Bad. Yeah. And may the man rest in peace. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Kevin Conroy and Jason David Frank within a week of each other, folks. That's just yeah, a tough one. It's a tough yeah, week. Very, very, very tough. But yeah, Dick Grayson, man, all, all the way. Like, he's he's awesome. He just is. And he's that character that you can look at and you can see a part of yourself in him. You right. can get things out of that character that relate to your life. And it's cool. Right. He he was put in the comic book way back in 1940 as the entry point for young kids. Mm-hmm. And even in, in Batman, the animated series, there's Dick is college age and mm-hmm. there's moments where he is clearly overwhelmed. And it's just like, well, OK, I'm going with that guy. Yep. And, and we'll we'll just go from there. Like there there are those moments where you, you're just along for the ride with him. And, and I just think he's he's the best character uh, for yeah. me in animation. And that carry, yes. carried and, and he progressed. He grew into Nightwing where he was his own guy and, and kind of rebelling against that structure a little bit. And we all had that point in our life, too. Yep, absolutely. He is one of the very first, quote unquote, kid characters that would you say 1940? Oh, God, yeah. that's that's what? 70. That is 82 70? years ago. 80, Almost oh 83 God. years ago. 83 years ago. So. In the 83 years, he was the original kid character, but in 83 years, he has done more 
than Scott Tracker could have done in 75 episodes. <laughs> That's a low bar, man. Well, I, a low I, bar. I was trying to compare human to human because a lot of the other kid characters are, the, are either animals or what. Like, you can't compare Dick Grayson to Snarf. Like, no, that's you just true. <laughs> what I mean, a- it, you'd feel bad for Snarf, but anyways. <laughs> exactly. What about villain? Uh, for villains, oh man, it can do, do you beat the Chris Lotta Cobra Commander? I don't think you do. No, I knew you were going to say that. That's uh, that, I mean, there's that guy throws lines out there on that show that I still laugh at. Yeah, like t- coming down the end of uh, of the Pyramid of Darkness, he's yelling at the twins. I wish there were three of you so I could hate you even more. I mean, <laughs> that, that that's that's a fantastic line delivered fantastically you can't beat that man that's a, cobra commander's my guy i i'm very sad with what was going on in his personal life at the time but his performances yeah he was genius. in the Brilliant. 80s he took whatever they and you got to think somebody wrote that for that care it isn't just him making this shit up off the top of his head right that's in a script so right. he has to take that character voice and apply it to those words and as beautiful as some of those words may be at times that someone wrote, he brought it to life. And he like, you know, and for me, all is art. Again, I need to go back and rewatch G.I. Joe. And I, I plan on doing that next year in 2023. Even in the Deke shows where the quality mm-hmm. of, of overall had, had, yeah. had dropped he, off. Chris Lotto, Silver Commander, still a winner. Yep, absolutely. Uh but I mean, I, you know, I still remember only human from, yeah, it's, it is in season three, only human in season three at the end, you know, everything is for sale, Mr. Drath and, and all this and all that and playing old snake and yeah, so good. Yeah. Slotta, you are missed. Okay, so who besides those, who are some of your other favorite cartoon characters that you like? Are there any that you hate? Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, Perry the Platypus right up there. Um anybody anybody who makes me chuckle like Perry does without saying a word, that's a quality character. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um let's see. Um I mean I've I've rambled on about GI Joe, and I think a, a big part of that was they had such a great diverse cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you got something different every episode just by who showed up. Um, you yeah. know, you you could have run the same plot more than once, but if you do it with six different Joes, it's a completely different episode. And I think that was the fun there. Um, um, as far as the show, I was always. Uh, I was always more plugged into the Flint and Lady J episodes as opposed to the Duke and Scarlet episodes. Uh, just had more of a connection with, with the two of them. So I'll, I'll put Flint and Lady J on there. Um, Gung Ho was another favorite from the cartoon. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, he's he's been associated with me now for several years. Uh, <laughs> Beachhead was not a character that I really attached to as a kid. Um, he was cool. He looked cool. Don't get me wrong. I loved the figure. Yeah. Um, but as far as the cartoon went, he was he was kind of standoffish and kind of jerky. And as I've rewatched that show over the years, I've realized 
Um, those things are true, right? Like Beachhead's <laughs> not always the nicest guy. Yeah. But he is generally right. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, just, just, he, he, he very seldomly is beachhead wrong about something. And, um, I think there's a lesson in that somewhere where, um, you know, beachhead is very much a good guy, if not a nice guy. And, and too often those words are used in interchangeably. Um, and sometimes we need to do better about figuring out who the good guys are instead of wondering about who the nice guys are. Because yeah. uh, nice only takes you so far. Like it's wonderful if you find somebody who's both. Don't get me wrong, but you, we have to. We we need to continue to to put good ahead of nice because there's so many times in that second series of Sunbow where have they just listened to Beachhead out of the gate? The episode's over about ten minutes in, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's the we, voice of reason, right? If we just followed the security protocols like Beachhead told you to at the beginning of the episode. We don't have any yeah. problems here. If we just follow the attack plan like Beachhead laid out at the beginning of the episode, you don't get kidnapped, and we don't have we don't have a problem here. So yep. he, he's he's very much right most of the time, um, and uh, so there's a I, I've grown a fondness for him as I've gotten older, right? Um, and. and um, you know, have been as, as we walk, as all of us walk through life, we are, we find ourselves in situations where sometimes we have to have uh, tough talks with people where our intentions are the best, uh, but it's still not going to be an easy thing for them to hear. Yeah. And um, that's a guy who you, you kind of keep in the back of your head. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I do know about that from a pretty early age. Yeah. Um, um, Let's see, as, as with uh, Transformers, was always tough for me. My favorite Transformer was Sideswipe, and he was really nice. nothing. He was a nothing character. Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? Nothing character. He, he, he didn't do anything on that show. He <laughs> did plenty on that. Do there you was, not remember the Jet Judo Twins? Come on, man. I'm just saying, you get past that first miniseries, and there's <laughs> very few spotlight moments for sideswipe very few there um, are well and again it's i i blame the i don't blame any but i what i blame is is the character introduction because you know that first season had 16 episodes the second season had 49 episodes and they introduced all these other characters right so the problem is as you introduce a million other characters the main characters you originally saw in those first 16 episodes aren't going to have a whole lot that, to do, sure. Yeah, but sucks. some of them, some of them got through. You know, you still saw a lot of Ironhide. You still saw a lot of Jazz. You still saw a lot of Ratchet and Prowl. And you know, some of those guys made you know obviously Bumblebee. Um, yeah. Despite no one actually wanting to see that version of Bumblebee. Hey, help me! Oh, he was the worst. I hated Bumblebee. What? Um, oh, G one Bumblebee is he's a train wreck. Like. And, and I'm not going to say it was that way in every episode. There's some episodes where he's pretty useful, but there's some other ones where he is clearly the guy who is there to make Spike look good. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep. And wow, those are those are tough to watch. Uh, just because Spike was again, he, it just something didn't smell right. You have this, you have this this battle going on with these two teams of giant robots going on. And Spike Witwicky is is getting in the middle of it, and he's the he's the thing that swings the tide. And no, <laughs> yeah, it just it just felt like you're it felt like you're it's it felt like you stopped trying to tell me a story and started trying to sell me toys. And I know you were always trying to sell me toys, but if you can make me forget that for half an hour, like GI Joe would do, then yeah. I would be happy. And if I if you couldn't stay on that side of the line. Like Transformers didn't always stay on that side of the line. I wasn't nearly as happy. <laughs> um, uh, I've already told my my contempt for He Man. Yep. Um, absolutely the worst character in, in Masters of the Universe. Um, and I I know you'll get some mail about that one. <laughs> mail. Right. I hope something. Right. <laughs> hey, let's hope. Um, I I know I know my listeners aren't aren't gonna watch because lord knows we do we do anything outside of a friday night live show um and people forget about it they they do not watch so i don't know why we bother putting up recorded content to cover the weeks when we're not around because <laughs> nobody watches it so I, I have a feeling that you know me showing up here i hope it i hope it brings you many listeners i have yes. a feeling that that my my lazy listeners will will not answer that call uh, <laughs> well, they should because I, you are I'm awesome, not- and this is audio only. We don't watch anything; we just listen. Right. <laughs> if, if, if you did make it over because you're a fan of what's on Joe Mind, you know you're one of the special ones, and I'm not talking about you. Exactly. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite cartoon voices and/or voice actors? <laughs> um, I, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, Maurice Lamarche was was that guy. Uh, yep. He was um he was kind of late in 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 regards to childhood, right? But he was Egon on Real Ghostbusters. I think that was his first real real big gig. Yep. Um and then uh kind of took off from there. But man, Pinky in the Brain is is that is masterclass stuff. Yep. And that's that's one. See, I told you I'd more of them would come to me as we went along. <laughs> um, but the Brain is is an absolute win. Um 
Maurice LaMarche is, is one of my dream gets for what's on Joe mind. Uh, he has not responded to any of our repeated requests for an interview, but whatever, hmm. uh, <laughs> that happens sometimes. Uh, we don't hold it against him. Well, um, it's funny you say that, <laughs> but, um, um, you know, of course, Rob Paulson's on that list. He's he's fantastic too. Just everything he does, mm-hmm. um, it has has that energy. Um, I used to really enjoy Lorenzo music. Yep. Um, just that 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 sleepy, you know, sleepy baritone voice he had was was perfect for Garfield, um, and worked surprisingly well uh, for real Ghostbusters too, and. Um, and that's another guy who just, you know, he, he just suddenly uh, wasn't doing cartoons anymore. And that was when everybody figured out that he'd passed away. So, yeah, um, that, that was that was too bad. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think some of that is is colored by some of this answer is colored by the folks I've gotten a chance to talk to mm-hmm. uh, as an adult doing what's on Joe mind. Like Bill Ratner is an amazing human being. Um, just just an absolutely delightful person. Uh, and so he, he's only Flint, right? Like he didn't do a whole lot of other work besides for GI Joe, but right. he's one of my favorites because he's such a great guy. Uh, Zach Hoffman so, like that too. You know, he's the voice of Zartan. He wasn't a whole lot of other voices, but mm-hmm. he was such, he's such a great dude, uh, that I've gotten a chance to know as an adult that, uh, you know, he's, he's just one of my favorites. Like I can't, we, we can't watch the Seattle Seahawks, uh, my <laughs> brother and I, without him, one of us making a joke about what what zach hoffman is reacting to at that particular moment (laughs) and that's the interesting thing about joe is that that show was pretty much one voice one actor it wasn't like to my room and again you can you can correct me you're more the expert than i am but like peter cullen played three different voices in transformers between optimus prime Ironhide, Nightstick, and maybe one other one, but like Transformers, you had those actors doing, like, you know, you talk about Sideswipe. That's Michael Bell. Right. Michael Bell was also the voice of Swoop and and everything else. Prowl. And it goes back, yep, Prowl, and and it goes back to the whole thing of back then the the rule of threes. You can play three characters for what we're going to pay you, and if you play any more characters, we have to pay you extra. But GI Joe, it seems like like. Chris Lotta was one voice with Cobra Commander. Destro was one voice. Flint was one voice. Duke was one voice. Am I wrong? Uh, yes. To a okay. Extent, yes. <laughs> uh, Bill, Bill Ratner was pretty much just Flint. Okay. Um, Zach Hoffman was pretty well just uh, Zartan. Uh, Morgan Lofting obviously was just the Baroness, but they would also do, they were also oftentimes the other assorted voices that you would, you mm. would hear. You know, some random dude on the street, or some yeah. culprit trooper, or or something like that. But uh, Michael Bell had several voices. He was Clutch. He was Blowtorch. He was Duke. Um, oh, he wow. was he was uh, one of the twins. I forget if he was Tomax or Zaymont. Um, he was Major Blood. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the fact that um, you know the the Joe and Cobra voices were so distinctively different. Uh, he was also mm-hmm. Michael Bell was also Scrap Iron. Um, oh, wow. um, Gung Ho uh, was Chris Lada and Cobra Commander. You know, um, Arthur Burghardt was also Stalker and Iceberg. 
um, along with Destro, yeah, along with, with Destro. So like they have a role that they're familiar that they're known for, right? Um, but but then there's there's usually some other ones too. Uh, yeah. Like Greg Berger was three or four different guys and Dan Gilvezen was three or four different guys. And so, um, yeah, they, 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 uh, there was very much a, a, uh, you know, Frank Welker as you know, he was, he was three or four different guys and then all the animals. Uh, of course. So, yeah. So yeah. you had, you had any yeah, you, you get Frank in the booth and Frank, okay, Frank, you can have three main characters and that's what we're paying you for. And then they look at the thing and, oh, wait, there's like seven different animals. Oh, crap. We have to pay Frank even more. We have Frank to pay a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 and, and I, and I love Frank. I always have. And I always, I always, and I'm, I'm saying this with a smile. Like, it's not right. We're not any big, fun. yeah, no, not at all. It's just the way that, and I, I, I am so fascinated with the way that that was back then, as far as like, you know, before he passed away, Wally Burr would always tell the story of you got three characters. Any of these people who who were doing those voices back then on all the cartoons, not just Transformers and Joe, but Mask and He Man and all all the stuff. It was like that was the rule: three voices, three characters. Anything else, we got to pay you extra. And I find that absolutely fascinating. Yeah, like like even Peter Cullen on on GI Joe. Off the top of my head, he was airborne. And Xandar, mm-hmm. and probably somebody else too. Probably um, Will Ryan was Mutt and Footloose. Um, Neil Ross was Dusty and Shipwreck and and um, Heavy Metal. When the one episode that he got lines, and uh, I'm trying to think of you know who they were. You know, it, it's late, so I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm leaving off entries, but. While there was a large cast, they were all usually pulling double and, and triple duty. Yeah, absolutely. Did you or do you own anything based on cartoons? So toys, comics, <laughs> video games, etc. Right. Yeah, uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you do a you do a GI Joe podcast for eleven years, and you you probably have a little bit of a collection. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's kind of a chicken and egg kind of deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like was was it uh, were the toys selling the cartoon or the cartoon selling the toy? And the answer is yes to both of those. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it, uh, but any number of other odd knickknacks and toys and things like that. Yo, oh my God, just we don't we don't have enough time to list it all. No, that's for Toycast when we actually right. do have the three hours to talk about toys. Good lord, <laughs> it's going to be fun when we do that. You'll 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 like it. It's it's always a blast. It may take a while, but the stories that come out of that, like I when I so when I expanded the format of of bringing the the quote unquote GCRN origins to all the other most of the other shows. When I was like, oh, Toycast, okay, well, 42 is the answer to everything, right? So, okay, we're going to have 42 questions. And these 42 questions have to be the most specific, in-depth questions that we – like the first five are, yeah, general. But 6 to 42, it's like getting it right at the heart of the matter. Get that get that needle sharpened. Yep, absolutely. What is your favorite cartoon theme song? Hmm. Hmm. 
I mean, honorary mentions, I guess we can start. Um, Johnny Quest is, is, is a fantastic one. We had a uh, quick story here. We, my high school jazz band, mm-hmm. um, in its attempt to reach for the stars, uh, busted <laughs> out the Johnny Quest theme song. And I, as a trombone player, uh, was one of the poor, unlucky souls subjected to the try that on a trombone pal you good luck good luck to you um years later my brother would recount to me that uh, he was reading somewhere that um that they rescored that originally that was the line put in for the trumpet section and they Mm -hmm. rescored it to where the trombone players got it because they weren't paying attention in rehearsal and that sounds so on brand for trombone players that uh, (laughs) makes sense uh, absolutely <laughs> but uh honorary mention there um i, I favorite mm-hmm. I'm gonna go off the map on you here and, and pick out one of the animes that i do like uh cowboy okay. bebop oh really yeah great theme song cool. fantastic yeah i'm i'm on the <laughs> very very like basically is it what is it it's um yeah, it's it's freak. Um, fuck, hold on. God damn it. One hour, ten minutes, fifty-two seconds, fifty-three edit. It's Phantom Menace when they land and they land the ship outside of the city. That's how far away from the city. That's how far away from anime I am. <laughs> like I am not just on the outskirts of it. I'm like I've seen several, and I don't dislike anime, but it's just just not my thing. Right. But right. I'm it, gonna it, have to check out some of the stuff eventually. Right. Believe me, if you look up the opening theme to to that one, you you will not be disappointed. <laughs> uh, but of course, other honorable mentions, uh, both the Sunbow. And the Deke versions of G.I. Joe are great. Um, if, you know, the, the Sunbow one's kind of classic, and then the, the Deke one is kind of 80s cheese. But 80s cheese is a good thing for me. So, um, yep. of course, real Ghostbusters is just the, you know, it's Ghostbusters. It's Ghostbusters. Classic. I mean, it, yep. Um, and, and you know what? The Filmation Ghostbusters, also a great theme song. I never liked that one. Oh, oh man. That, that's a show that um, um, I, I don't understand how they, like they clearly spent all of the money, all the budget for that show on character design. Yeah. Because uh, they did not leave anything left for the script writers. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a beautiful show to look at. Yep. And then it's really kind of starts to hurt when it all starts to move. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I digress. I don't want to. I don't want to be mean about things. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, Phineas and Ferb is a great theme song. Absolutely. Um, Hell, Doofenshmirtz Daily Dirt and Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated are great theme songs. That show. There were so many great songs within that show that yeah, yep. we could do a whole yeah. show based on that. Yep. Um, we actually have, I think, at one point or another. But yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. If you've gotten a season three, yeah, uh, you've probably yeah. already hit some of the the truly. Great oh yeah, ones. oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll go with that one. So, so look that one up. Very cool. Very cool. 
How big is your animation DVD or digital collection? Are there any series that you have complete sets of? Uh, I've I've got if it's animated GI Joe for the most part I've got it. I don't have Sigma Six because uh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, one you want to have in the collection. It's it's uh, look, man. I I tried to watch. Uh, I tried to sit down and watch Sigma Six, and not too long ago either. Um, I made an attempt when it was actually on, and it didn't go well. Uh, and so I sat down again. You know, it's like you know what? Maybe there's more to this. You know, I've, I've had friends tell me that the show got better as it went along, and maybe that's the case. But I can't get past episode three. Oh wow! Uh, it's really it's just bad. It's uh oh. Uh. General Hawk has a kid in that one, and of course his name is Scott, and he gets in all kind of trouble. And I wish I was making that up. Oh I wish no! I was making a joke, but no, the parallels to Mask are there, right for us uh, to, oh, to, no. to steer and dislike right out of the that's, gate. That's not good, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't have Sigma Six, but outside of that, I've got all of GI Joe. But past that, I don't have a huge. Um. I don't keep a lot of DVDs. I never bought a lot of DVDs because I even, um, I just didn't want to wind up carrying it all around. Like I, I have movies that I really love and mean something to me or shows that I really love mm-hmm. and mean something to me, but it's a small box when it's all packed up. So, yeah, it's one of the reasons that I know at some point either I'll be gone or the services will be gone, whatever. But that's one of the reasons why I love digital for, TV and and TV, whether it's live action, animation, and movies, because I don't have to have a whole stack, a whole right, I have a whole right. apartment full of Funko Pops now instead of DVDs. <laughs> so, well, I mean, <laughs> like, how many of these things do you truly love enough? Yeah, you just have to be able to watch at a drop of a hat on any circumstances, and that's yeah, just and very, this- like I asked myself that question because I too was looking to make more space for for uh, an increasingly burgeoning G.I. Joe collection. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, what can I get rid of in its place? And that answer was, eh, there's a lot of DVDs that you really don't watch. Yep. And, and so uh, anytime I'm buying a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever, you know, whatever your, your medium, um, mm-hmm. that's a question that I have to ask. And so it, it's a very short list at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I have all of the critic, but that was, that was, that was one Two two half seasons, so yeah, not much of an yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, short lived show. Yeah, loved it, absolutely Which, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's I don't know. It, it's love. It's I. <laughs> I can either take him or leave him, and and that's another great Maurice Lamarche show, by the way. Yes, yes, it is. I I, I do remember Maurice's in that as well. Yes, Rosebud. Yes, rosebud, rose, frozen peas, mm-hmm. full of country goodness and green penis. That's terrible. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll see if I can find the. I'll see if I can find the video for you. But since you're such a Maurice fan, have you heard of the Seven D? Oh, that was the uh, the show with the about the the Seven Dwarves. Yep, I, I have seen one or two episodes of it. Oh, I'll have to see by the folks who did Freakazoid, which is another favorite that I haven't talked about. Yep. Holy cow. And oh man, I'll, so many of them. Yeah, yep. I'll have to see if I can find this, but 
Maurice LaMarche in that show is grumpy. Okay. And <laughs> he does a rendition of In July Frozen Peas. It's completely different. It's specific to the show, but it's essentially the same damn thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's all about chicken soup. That's what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll find it later for I need to watch that again. Oh, my God. I love that show. Why is that show not on Disney Plus, you idiots? Give it, anyway. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. Disney Plus has been online for three years. That's a show that they own. It's not a show that they're like. <laughs> give it, the outcry has to be there, man. Yeah, well. It's got to be. All right. I think I know the answer to this one. But which cartoon or cartoons had the biggest impact on your life? Oh, wow. Um. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I mean, obviously, G.I. Joe is a big one. Um, it was my favorite cartoon it was my brothers when we were growing up uh, we we're close in age we used to play with that stuff all together most of my very close friends were the same way like it was their favorite show uh so that was it was a big part of relating with them um but um i mean so that's certainly on the list um but uh yeah i i <laughs> I don't know. To a certain extent, television's always a little bit disposable, right? Like there's, yeah. there's things that you you watch and you love. Um, uh, you know, Freakazoid was a was one for us in college. Um, a lot of great friendships formed over introducing people to that twisted mess. Uh, <laughs> we used to we used to bust out the VCR for Freakazoid because I was oftentimes. Um, I did a lot of stuff in college. I was in a lot of orchestras and ensembles and bands and things like that. And, uh, and, and worked for the radio station on campus and all this other stuff. So I was very rarely home on Saturday morning. Uh, but I, I would tape freakazoid. And so that, that was one that got shared with, with a lot of folks who are, I'm, you know, I'm still, still very close to, to this day. So that, that was one from that standpoint, Again, I got to I got to connect with with some of those same friends with their kids with Phineas and Ferb. Uh, so that's a show that that has that extra, you know, an extra soft spot for me. There is no candy in me. There is no candy in me. I am just a little boy. There is no candy in me. Your mother is blind, so she cannot see. She attacked me with a bat. There is no candy in me. Nerdy no pinata. Again, of course, you know, go back to to the Looney Tunes we talked about at the very beginning of the episode. Well, you're going about it all wrong, girly. You don't bat him on the bean with a rolling pin. That comes later. You know, that's that's time spent with with dad doing doing things that you know, at four years old that the adults think are cool. I mean, you never, never downplay the importance of those. Now who 
who's responsible? I say, who's responsible for this unwarranted attack on my person? Aha! Of course, you know this means war. Yeah, it's it's a long list. I'm sure there, there's any number of for most of the people that I, I that know me well, I'm the guy that introduces them to weird offbeat stuff like cartoons that adults can enjoy. Uh, so there's any number of them that I have brought up in in company and have some kind of some kind of moment of bonding with to to where it's it's got you know more importance than just a, a normal TV show, I guess. So too too long to list is the short answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What was the most money you spent on a cartoon item ever? Could be a DVD set, a cell, a print, etc. I don't have a ton of of production stuff like i don't have cells or anything i don't i've Hmm. moved around too much to to um like it just wouldn't be responsible like it would be neat to have that stuff yeah i'm I'm on the move so often um this last eight ten years of my life that it just like the upkeep of it just is something i cannot invest the time or space in so i've kind of let that stuff go but um uh, for the most part, I've had good luck shopping. So if if there's a set out there that was forty or fifty bucks, that's probably the most I've spent. Hmm. Very cool, very cool. Do you have a? My parents wouldn't let me watch that cartoon story. Uh, my parents were kind of on the fence about GI Joe at first, until <laughs> uh, they they again they were cool enough to sit down and watch it with us the first few times, and they turned out to like it themselves. But not really. Uh, for the most part, they did trust us especially after we wound up being right about GI Joe, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they kind of laid out the, the things my folks were always pretty cool. We got cable, uh, right around that same time, you know, I was seven, eight years old or so. Uh, and they outlined for us what, what they wanted, you know, what they were, what we were allowed to watch and what they didn't want to ever catch us watching. Um, and so we kind of stuck to that. Like we didn't want to, we didn't want to blow it. We want to blow the cool stuff at the expense of, of one taste of forbidden fruit. That and on a more irrational side, you know, like my folks, we, we grew up on Long Island. We're, we're from New York and um, my folks could both get very loud. So we did yeah. anything to keep them from yelling, frankly, was was a positive. They never hit us. Right. Uh, but we were always afraid that they were going to start. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like you're. <laughs> wow. That, that's how loud they could get. If they, wow. if they were mad, so so that was <laughs> it so was you're, a, a good enough what, reason to mid, not push those boundaries. Yeah, you're what mid forties. Uh, yes. So I'll be forty three in a couple of months. So I'm I don't know if I'm younger or older. It doesn't really matter. I don't really I got, care. I got the, you by a few years, man. Okay, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But the point is, growing up in the eighties. All is they had to do is yell really loud and just raise their hand. They didn't have to hit us. All the yelling is what did it. The yelling was the punishment. Like right. you don't yeah, want your parents folks, to yell. My ye- folks didn't raise their hand. Like that's, well, that's how loud oh, they could get. Yeah, exactly. But like just that that action of potentially and those were completely different times, folks. We are not in those times anymore. But the yelling. Oh, my God. The oh yelling. Oh, my God. The yelling. My, to this day, my, my sister, uh, who is the youngest of the four of us, um, 
like we'll 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 be talking with my dad and and um not even about you know not he's not even yelling at anyone mm-hmm. he just gets louder and louder as the conversation goes on and yep. he'll just turn to the rest of us and go daddy yells yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah. she did when she was three yeah <laughs> just reverting yep. back in her yeah. head to a to an earlier state yeah that's that's crazy <laughs> Oh, the good old days. Right. Those were the good old days. <sighs> My dad, he just turned 75. He is still a loud man. <laughs> Probably. How many siblings does you, did he have any, have any siblings? He had, he was, he had a younger brother that he was not okay. from a large family. Okay. I was going to say my mom was one of, she's the fifth child of six children. So, Yelling in that family is like the only way you're going to be able to be heard over every other child. (laughs) Like my my grandparents, all four of them were from large families. Mm -hmm. But as far as my my two parents, they were not. They were were not Mm -hmm. from super big family. And my dad had a brother. My mom had two brothers. That was, you know, wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. But again, it was that generation of shout or else you won't be heard kind of thing <laughs> shout so they know to feed you well that too <laughs> as we just throw everything in the dust bowl what the hell what the hell <laughs> absolutely Oh, boy. What is your opinion of cartoon reboots? Which ones do you think have been the most successful? I don't mind reboots. I like for when they have something different to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, G.I. Joe will we'll take that as because those are the ones I'm most intimately familiar with. Like Resolute was OK. I, I liked yeah. Resolute, but I didn't love it. Yeah, um, it, it just didn't do enough different. Mm-hmm. right like it was just the same old same old and that's great for some like some guys that's all they want is this romanticized hyper action uh version of gi joe that was going on in their heads that didn't actually happen yeah. and that's what that's what resolute was you know so okay if that's your thing great uh, mm-hmm. but i think resolute missed on a number of opportunities um one of which making storm shadow an actual character and not just some some giggling psychopath like they portrayed him. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, but you from about the same time frame, I think Renegades was a great reboot of GI Joe. Yeah, it was um, because it lets you take characters that were very similar to the ones we were familiar with, if not not the same, obviously, but similar, and put them in a brand new set of circumstances. And I think it's just. Uh, the tragedy of that show is that it was dead when it hit the air, you know, canceled before it ever saw daylight. Yeah. Uh, but, but then it got out there and actually was well received and well rated for the hub network. And they had nowhere to go with it because they had already shut it down. Um, yeah, they had already shut it down and then they were being shut down. So right. Then, then not, not too far down the road. They, yeah. yep. they were getting the windows boarded up and kicked off to discovery or whatever it was. So it, it, it can be done well. Thundercats was, was a good reboot. I, I've made fun of the original Thundercats cartoon on, on this show already. But <laughs> that reboot they did in 2011? Yep. 
was really good. I'll say that the He-Man reboot from 2003-2004 suffered from the same problem as the old Filmation show did. Um, that they would build these well-layered, complex stories and well-layered, complex characters, and then all of their problems would be solved by He-Man shoving something over. Um, so, so yeah, same same show essentially. That's that's a bad reboot, right? No, it's not. It is. It is. It isn't. It isn't. It and the reason why? No, it isn't, Mike. I'm telling you, man. It is. Watch that one, man. It's I understand is. you. I understand you've watched it, and you. I'm. I'm more than happy to accept your opinion of it. But, and I'm not trying to say you're wrong. What I'm saying is, it's not a bad reboot. The reason why it's not a bad reboot is because it played on the mythology. It told stories that we never saw in Filmation. It told an origin straight, gave an origin to Skeletor with Keldor and, and Randor and all that stuff. And he's his uncle and whatever else. And all what is the tragedy of that show is it got cut short at 39 episodes after two seasons. And that, uh, you know, every problem got solved by E-Man pushing something over or throwing a rock at it. All right. Which cartoon series from the past would you most want to see more of, whether it be reboot, live action movie, or any other form of media? Hmm. I mean, obviously, I, I cannot, in good conscience, sit here as a longstanding host of a G.I. Joe podcast and not take this opportunity to stump for a new G.I. Joe animated program. I think that's the, the medium that best fits that property. Um, I, I don't think the live action stuff has legs. Like it's 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 too it's too big. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way you can cover all the bases you need to cover to keep your fan base happy. In two and, and, and a half hours, t- yeah. right? And, and in two and a half hours, or even if you did a TV show, yeah, like two and a half seasons isn't enough. Like you, you've just got a lot of, a lot of characters and a lot of plot threads and a lot going on that, you know, yeah, it's just, it's not going to work live action real well. I think if you've, you've got all that in, in uh, an environment that you can control 100% in its entirety as we, as you can with animation, I think that translates better. Um, I would, uh, Let's see. What else do we have? Obviously, um, the world did not get nearly enough Freakazoid. Yeah, uh, it would be a fan. It would be fantastic to see more Freakazoid. Um, um, the Tick has been given a couple more go arounds in live action, and those have I, I've liked all of them. I, I liked, uh, I loved the animation the, the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked the Fox version of the, the live action show. I liked the Amazon version that came a couple years ago. I uh, don't think it got enough of a it got enough of a of a push, frankly. But I would yep. love to see a continuation of the original animated show. I think that was. I still think that one was the best one of the three, because again, you're dealing with fantastic stuff, and yep. the best way to I, I just think the best way to do that, if you're not going to spend the quarter of a billion dollars on a big budget movie, is to mm-hmm. do that with animation. So that would that would be a show I'd like that. It, 
for to see two reboots come and go by the wayside, I, I would love to see a reboot for the Tick uh, hang around and and be as successful as that first show was. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I would love to see if that happens is you have to find a way. So obviously, Townsend Coleman is the voice of the original Tick. Mm-hmm. But you have to find a way if you were to bring that animated series back today. You got to find some sort of weird multiversal way to bring in Warburton as another tick. Because <laughs> having Coleman and Warburton together, that show would print money. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We alluded to it earlier, but what is your opinion of the cartoon sidekick? Snarf, Orko, Scott Tracker, etc. Love them, hate them, or just don't care? Uh, I, I think they have to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, past comic relief. Yeah. Comic relief sidekick just, just wears out their welcome. Yeah. Um, but I think sidekicks in general can be really great devices. Obviously, I'm somebody who came on and, and said that the best character, his favorite character in all of animation is Dick Grayson. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, sure. Sidekicks are, are great, but I don't think snarf was as bad as some of the other ones you've listed. Um, <laughs> uh, he was annoying. Yes. Uh, but he did have a purpose, right? Yeah. Like he was there to, he was the babysitter and he was very much a fish out of water when all this adventure stuff would start going on. He's this, Essentially, some middle-aged guy on the couch who suddenly yep. gets thrown in the middle of these sword fights and laser battles. So I, I get where Snarf's coming from. Um, he, he's a little a little weirdo who talked and whined too much. But mm-hmm. I can't say that given the same circumstances, I wouldn't be doing the same thing. So I, oh, absolutely. I'm going to give Snarf a little bit of a break on that. You know, but on, on the whole, if, if all you've got is just some... Uh, some kid to to hang around or some some pet to hang around to just do nothing but get in trouble and foul up the works then yeah you you don't have much of a show to begin with so I'm, right. I, I guess on the whole I'm a fan of of backup characters or assistants or you know secondaries if you will but not so much just sidekicks for the sake of sidekicks yeah exactly in your opinion which decade represents the golden era of cartoons and why 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s or 2010s the golden age Mm-hmm. i mean i i think you missed it because i think it's <laughs> 40s 40s yeah, yeah I, I that's that's when we we talked about looney tunes man that's when yeah. those were just in their heyday, that was that was that was when all the greats happened. Here, let's see that thing. Frickin' duck. Well, I guess I'm the goat. What? You're a dirty dog. And you are a dirty skunk. I'm a dirty skunk? I'm a dirty skunk? Brother, am I a pigeon? 
pal, what you need is a little briefing. Let's go over here and talk private for a minute. It was one of when when Disney was doing its best stuff. Marion, my love, will you marry me? Oh, darling, I thought you'd never ask me. <laughs> but you could have chosen a more romantic setting. And for our honeymoon, London, yes. Normandy, yes. sunny Spain. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I don't I don't think you've got that clock going back far enough. I think that's yeah. <laughs> well, you can only list so many decades, but I have since added it to the list. Right. <laughs> Right, just 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 short tighten that tighten that question up. Which decade do you think best represents the golden age? And people figured out. Hmm. I think it's the forties. I think it's awesome. the, everything that's come that since then is essentially standing on those shoulders. So I yep. think that makes it the golden age. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, except the eighties, though. The eighties is kind of a standout because they kind of broke the mold and created something. Like we're still standing on the 80s shoulders but in general i, I think if, you are if we're correct. gonna go with if look in terms of quality obviously i'm an 80s kid too so that's what i'm that's my favorite yeah i'm not saying quality i'm just saying like if like we wouldn't be here almost 40 years later talking about whether we like or dislike he-man or transformers or gi joe or whatever if they hadn't started it when they started it when we were kids and it impressed us. I completely agree with you as far as golden age being forties and, and earlier, because like, like we've said, the Looney Tunes stuff basically, you know, set the bar. Are you nuts? Why, if he's dead, then I'm a mongoose. More briefing. More briefly. Right, right. I, I think it's um, like we have a golden age that that's the 40s, and I think we have a silver age, which is the 60s, uh, when Hanna Barbera started, you know, taking over television, yeah, with with animation. And I think the 80s would would land as a Bronze Age. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I think very I think cool. that's that's very much how those. It, it's kind of the beginning of a new cycle, you know. The golden age of Cybertron has come again, Cerebros. As as much as I love the '80s, I can't deny that it's not a more cynical one. <laughs> it's, it's the beginning of animation used to to sell toys. Yeah, you know, animation as part of a multimedia campaign to to you know take money from children. Uh, whereas <laughs> you know what happened in the '70s and the '60s was not. Sure, there were Yogi Bear dolls out there. But, you know, there, there was not an entire line of Yogi Bear action figures with tanks and Jeeps. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's there's a, a, maybe a layer of cynicism on there that tarnishes that silver into a bronze. But uh, but I, I, you can't you're, you're right. I don't think you can deny the impact of of the 1980s on on pop culture as a whole, frankly. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. especially in animation. Yep. And all I can imagine is, Mr. Ranger, sir, I found this tank and I now have to drive it down the forest. <laughs> Yo, hey, uh, Mr. Ranger. <laughs> I'd uh, get out of the ranger station. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I was you. Mm-hmm. Ah, boo, 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 boo. 
Move on. Uh, Moving on. Thank, thank God they didn't do a Yogi Bear hiss tank. Give it time. <laughs> no. No, don't, and stop. <laughs> all, it all comes around. If it, if, if it lasts long enough, it'll all happen. That's true. Some people view cartoons as something for quote-unquote children and don't view animation as a serious form of media that adults should consume. Who should cartoons be made for, in your opinion? I mean, that's an opinion that was shared by none other than the CEO of Disney until last week when they kicked his ass out. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I think animation is just a, it's an art form. It's, it's like any other art form, you know, it can, it can be for, um, for, for folks of all ages. It can be for specific audiences. Um, you know, it just, just because, um, you know, like Sesame street is a live action kid show. It doesn't mean that all live action shows are for kids. Right. Same thing with animation. You know, you can have an animated kid show, but you, they mm-hmm. don't all have to be for kids. I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't let any child under the age of twelve watch Rick and Morty. That's for sure. <laughs> and even then, if they were in that teenage in the teenage years, I'd probably make sure I was in the room. I, I um, wouldn't let any child watch Rick and Morty unless they were twenty one or over. It's right. Right. Age for that kind of thing. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it just depends on what level of uncomfortable question that I'm willing to answer that night. <laughs> But, exactly, uh, but uh, but uh, no, I I think if you're you're uh, you know your statements like that are just un- unnecessary gatekeeping, right? I, I think people. Well, I mean, really like, I'm not sure what they want to consume in the in the way that they want to consume it. So, yeah, absolutely. And the question is, is because of everything that happened in the '80s with. Oh my God! Children should not be watching. You know the, all the stuff with cartoons and kids. That's why the question's there. The question, like usually, everyone that answers that question is is basically the simple answer is kind of what you've given in a roundabout way. Is basically cartoons are for everybody. Like there are right. various versions. There are various whatever else. And yeah, I, I'm not into. I I, I don't want to keep up with your gates knock it off like God. right we, we've waxed poetic about uh yeah. about phineas and ferb which is a show that was on the air when we were in our 30s exactly uh, a, a quote kids show that was on the air when we were in our 30s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. yep all right we are now entering the cartoon fantasy Funland. that's right folks all of these questions are fictitious and really they you know it's kind of like drew Drew Carey says, you know, the questions are made up and the points don't matter. Awesome. Uh, So if you could own any vehicle featured in any cartoon, which would it be and why? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, is. Ooh, Batmobile is a tempting one. But you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go other super friends. I'm gonna say the supermobile, and I mean the flying thing with the fists, because that is oh, just, wow. that is just crazy enough to be incredible. Jesus, yeah, yeah, it is. Just ma- that the supermobile is madness personified, and I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now I have to preface question twenty six because some people are take it too literally, but you can breathe 
So don't worry about it. But if you could live in any cartoon world that you wanted, where would you live and why? Hmm. You know what? I, I think I think maybe G.I. Joe made that much of an impression on me that I'd pick that one. Yeah, but you have Cobra Commander and Destro trying to screw your life up every day. Yeah, but there's very like they're very clearly defined as the bad guys. <laughs> right. Like it, it's that, that's okay. Like there's always going to be bad. We're always going to yeah. have every day each and every one of us fights the fight of good and evil, whether we want to admit that or not. Whether we want to admit those kind of of stakes in the things we do every day or not. That it's there, okay? So I, the fact that those are so clearly delineated in the G.I. Joe world is actually a plus. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I would get to still like I'd get to grow up and actually be an adult and think adult things. And yet at the same time, um, you know, the, the, the consequences of my actions would be very clean and clear and laid out before me and, and the, the fight to do good would be very easy to figure out. So yeah, you know what? That that GI Joe universe has a lot of lot of lot of big pluses on it. <laughs> yes, yes it does. All right. So you are a or were a trombone player. You are a musical person. So this is going to be interesting to hear what your answers would be. Who would be your top three tune pals to join you and become a quartet? So you're one fourth and you get to pick three cartoon character pals. Now, are we forming a band or are we just, just, yeah, it's a barbershop quartet. Okay. All righty. Mm. <laughs> I have to think, cause you know, most of the shows that I've watched they're, can't say that the characters are terribly musically inclined. So <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be a good barbershop quartet. Yeah, fair like enough, you'd probably fair be enough. the best singer out of them all. But like, which characters would you pick? Fair enough. I'm trying to think of who's got just just butter like voice quality. Um. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Principal Lewis from uh, from American Dad. Because mm-hmm. that is Kevin Michael Richardson at his Kevin Michael Richardson butteriest. Yep, uh, that is a fine that is a fine base to to put your quartet on. Yep, and you know we just hadn't talked enough about Kevin Michael Richardson yet. This oh, of course not. We had not. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll go with Brian Cummings. Uh, so that would be a Doctor Mindbender plant there. Okay, uh, you got one more. You know he's a musical guy. Yep. Um. He even had that episode where he was, he devised that organ to mess with mm-hmm. the Joe's emotions. And that was pretty batshit crazy stuff. So <laughs> we'll say that, that Dr. Mindbender's proclivity towards music gets him in the group. Now we got to have, you got to have somebody who can arrange. So that that's a positive right there. Yep. Uh, plus the, the dental plan would be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, um, Let's see. It's got to be another guy because at this point, if I added a female character, it would just be, would just turn into a big sausage fest, and we don't want that. <laughs> like all dudes hanging around together, then things are okay. But you get three guys and one girl, and then, then, then lines get drawn. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I'm gonna take that mumbly guy from the Hillbilly Bears, just because he's not. He doesn't get a lot of work these days. <laughs> That's surprised me that, <laughs> and we know he plays that, a bass. So, 
Yeah. Or he plays a bucket with a string attached to it or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's if you, play, if you can play that, you're a better musician than me, man. All right. So list them off again. You got the professor, the doctor, and then and Mr. The bear. He'll, okay. The mumbling bear. That's, that's probably the most bear. <laughs> that's probably the most unique answer to that question at this point. And when you mention Kevin Michael Richardson, I'm like, oh, cool. I know what he's going to follow it up with. He's going to follow it up with. Am I blue? He's going to follow it up with Kevin Conroy. May the man rest in peace because Kevin Conroy has one of those singing. You don't know. Like people don't know. Like until they realize and watch the, uh, uh, this little piggy from justice league unlimited. When Cersei is like, I want something from you that can never, like you hide so well that ne- it can never be, t- you know, gotten back to you. And then all of a sudden, just Kevin Conroy on stage and just starts. Like, oh, my. Uh-huh. Wonderful. Oh, great episode. Uh, absolutely. Got Bawana Beast. Yeah, it did for about half a second. Hey, man, that's a lot of work for that guy. <laughs> Sweet. He got a broken voice. Yep. He, yep. Was, he was one of my people. That's right. <laughs> If you could date any cartoon character, which one would it be and why? Oh man. Uh any one of them. You know what? I'll 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 pull it back to I'll 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 put myself in the Lady J camp. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. She's hot, cool. but she's regular people. <laughs> that's that's true. It's very true. Ain't running around to no Leotard. No, she, yeah, she wears actual clothes like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, she's no Chitara. <laughs> I don't. Does GI Joe have a specific? I guess the mass device would be it. But what is the holy grail of cartoon artifacts? The sort of omens, the matrix of leadership, the power sword, etc. I don't know what the cartoon artifact from GI Joe would be. I don't think there is one. I think the fact <laughs> that I'm trying to manufacture them was, uh, was, was enough of a plot point. So, you know, there was, cause even the, the daily episodes always came down to, uh, either Cobra found this mad scientist willing to work with them or Dr. Mindbender invented something or they kidnapped somebody who was working on this. Uh, and so that, you know, the, the cartoon artifact was very much, a. Uh, in a state of flux for G.I. Joe. We'll just leave it at that. But cartoon artifact. Mm. By the power of Grayskull. I mean, I, I know I don't like He-Man, but that sword. <laughs> that sword might be it, man. That, I mean, you just, you raise it in the air and you, you chant some magic. You know what? No, I'm going to, ch- I'm going to go the other way. I'm going super friends with this. It's Green Lantern drink. Okay. Now forever. I almost forgot about him because, you know, he's not one of the five big super friends. So you kind of forget about him, but he's there. But Green Lantern is the is the is the winner. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might. Green 
and Super Friends. Wasn't that Hal? Yes. Yeah, Hal's forgettable. Uh, he was not Super <laughs> Friends, that's for sure. But even you want to go John Stewart, better character, certainly. His ring is the same ring. Yep. It's it's always the same ring. It's just a better person in the ring after each one. Better character, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we are now exiting the cartoon fantasy funland. Yay! I still need a voiceover for that. I don't know what the hell I'm doing for that thing. It's all right. I, it's all right. You, you, I mean, <laughs> I, I, again, hosting a two-bit slime show for 11-plus years, so whatever. Slime, you say? Is there a pit around? <laughs> Chuck Mossman in it head first. <laughs> or Grizzlore, that's who it was, with all the hair. <laughs> Oh, God. Green slime and brown hair. No, no, that doesn't mix. What is one piece of advice you'd give the cartoon fandom in general? Relax a little. Yep. You know, we, we you take this stuff, so many of you take this stuff so seriously. And you refuse to accept any kind of changes to the source material. Uh, you want the same thing as what you got. 20, 30, 40 years ago. But then then when you get the same thing, you complain about that too. Um, just just relax. Just let, let creative people create things. And if you like the new thing, then you can, you can take that with you. And if you don't, you can just leave it where it lays. And that's fine. You know, you're not wrong if you like it better. You're not wrong if you don't like it at all. You just yeah. you just a different person with different tastes than the person sitting next to you. But let's just relax and maybe have some fun with this again. What bothers me more about cartoons here in the age of of Twitter, we'll call it. Uh, oh no! Provided <laughs> yeah, provided that's still a thing by the time this episode makes it to air. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, provided some some grandiose fuck up hasn't happened to shut the whole thing down well i mean he is a musky cologne you know oh stop anyways <laughs> um um you know we we just we we all think we have this 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 microphone in front of us that lets us like our voice is just the only one that's important and and you know so everybody has to hear it and the whole world's going to rally up behind you because you're just that damn right and none of that is going to happen absolutely none of it so just mm-hmm. just relax and and maybe just if you take a half an hour to watch a, a a silly cartoon show you know it 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 if you don't like it don't watch the next one <laughs> if you do absolutely. like it maybe watch the next one and kind of go with it from there and just just relax it's just television it's just a movie it's all make believe and we all get to have our own make believe ladies and gentlemen the embodiment of mr rogers mm. the man was a genius <laughs> yes yes he was all right, that's going to do it for us. We're going to go to a quick ad break. But before we do, would you like to be on the Origins episodes here at Tooncast? Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com with the subject line Tooncast Origins Guest Spot. You must have one year or more of podcast experience and have a good microphone and be able to use a Zencaster link on your personal computer or Mac, whatever, whatever Apple's calling the Mac these days. 
Macintosh, Apple this, Johnny Appleseed. I don't even know. I think they're called Macs. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) We're going to go to a quick break. You're going to hear some ads and some other stuff. You're probably going to hear a very, very old, old What's on Joe Mind, Dad, and we'll be back after this. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind. It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. And we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. And we. Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you. Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Corey Burton. Rob Paulson. Sure, Vane, but how are we going to find chaps our size? Nancy Cartwright and many more. Eat my shorts. So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms. The magically delicious. Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And be prepared to feel like a kid again. Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind was voted best podcast ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's got to be good. ToyCast is back. We are talking toys once more here on the GeekCast Radio Network's Toy and Action Figure podcast. From breaking into the display case to our toy topic talk and the brand new Origins in Toy Collections where we get guests to tell us their toy story of how they got into toy collecting. ToyCast is the only toy podcast you will ever need. Find us on geekcastradio.com and any podcatching client you choose to use. Now go forth, transform and transcend your toy collecting today while listening to ToyCast. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Mark Who 42's Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Mark Who 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. Hello all sentient beings. Want the latest on everything going on in the Transformers multiverse? Check out the Transmissions Podcast Network. We've got weekly podcasts covering everything from Alpha Trion to Omega Supreme. From old school G1 all the way up to Cyberverse and beyond. And you don't want to miss Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers live play role-playing game podcast. 
If you love Transformers, there's something for everyone at TransmissionsPodcast.com. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toycast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6-0 and TF Square One, this informal and chilled out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toycast. We are back here on Tooncast with Mike Irizarry from What's on Joe Mind. And what's on Joe Mind? What is that? I don't even know anymore. Well, it's still pretty much the same thing. Uh, we are a uh, all about the, what's, what's happening in the world of G.I. Joe. Uh, we're primarily a news show, although sometimes we do interviews and sometimes we do spotlights on, on various pieces of, uh, of the property over the years. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've been doing it for, uh, it'll be 12 years in April. Um, wow. Very and, cool. And most of it, we, we have uh, been proud to be aligned with the fine folks at the geek cast radio network. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we've kind of, we've, we've twisted and turned and there's been some cast changes over the years and some, even some format changes over the years. You can find us every Friday night on YouTube. Uh, we are, uh, we do what we call the team stream uh, every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, where you can see me and uh, Joe Colton, who is the queen of G.I. Joe cosplay and the co-hostess with the Comosis, uh, and Mark Weber, who is a former head of uh, marketing for the G.I. Joe brand at Hasbro. So lots of expertise there. And then sometimes uh, my brother, Rob, who is uh, an, a comic book savant, uh, and has forgotten more about comic books in general than I have ever learned. Uh, <laughs> he steps in and helps us out a lot of weeks. But anyways, it's a it's a fun time where we're usually doing it for two hours. We still do uh, take the audio from that and post it to our Podbean site. So if you're just an audio listener, uh, that is there for you, too. And those episodes post every Monday. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you if you don't want to change up your listening habits, and going from YouTube, although, you know, I, I do have to say that sometimes the reason we went to video uh, was because we just got tired of trying to figure out a method of posting uh, photos with audio podcasts. So, right. just, you know, there just comes a point when you can't you, you can't do that and, and sync it up terribly well. But anyways, we've uh, we, we so we do the, the full video cast on Friday. Uh, it gets uh, gets over to our Podbean site on Monday. Um, it is every week. Uh, we would be thrilled if you joined us. It's about two hours a time every week, which usually between an hour and a half and two hours. Uh, we usually run closer to two. Um, again, live on Friday um, and then recorded, of course, in perpetuity uh, on YouTube. You can find us there at uh, WOJM, What's on Joe Mind. You can also find us on Facebook with the same, uh, same titling, uh, WOJM, What's on Joe Mind. Uh, we are at WOJM podcast on Twitter. We are at what's on Joe mine on Instagram. Um, and, uh, and wherever we got a TikTok account, although we don't do much with it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's basically just short clips to, to, to get you to, to click over to the, the big program on YouTube. Uh, but we'd be yeah. thrilled to join us. We got over 1100 uh, subscribers. Uh, and growing a couple more every day, little by little, bit by bit. Um, 
it's been uh some you know something of a of a journey because uh we were we were very popular six or seven years ago you know we 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 when were doing audio only when there weren't a whole lot of other folks doing gi joe podcasting um yep. it, it 20 25,000 hits per episode there's some of some of the download figures on our older episodes it are is just insane um, <laughs> and we certainly don't do that anymore it's 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 uh it's it's much more of an intimate affair uh with the team stream but uh, again we do have over 1100 subscribers uh there we've got another 300 or so uh through podbean uh so you know we like to think what we're doing is still pretty relevant uh, if you like GI Joe, if you don't mind the occasional foray into other subjects, um, you know we are all wrestling fans. So occasionally we'll we'll start blabbing about pro wrestling. Uh, we do. <laughs> I like mean, people. how can you how can you not be a GI Joe podcast and talk about pro wrestling? Because hello, Sergeant Slaughter. Right. Let's it's go. Natural crossovers. Um, you know, exactly. We, we are all baseball fans, so occasionally we'll start talking about sports. And I know that's pissed off people in the past, but whatever. We don't stick to it for very long. We are pro- first and foremost, primarily a GI Joe news show. Uh, so if if that's a, a property that you're into and you want to come by and and blab with us, uh, we'd be glad to have you stop on in Friday nights, nine p.m. on YouTube on the Team Stream. Come very cool. Board. Very cool. Subscribe today. That's right. Subscribe, like, comment. You know all that, all that good stuff. All the big boy YouTube things. Yep. Exactly. All right, Toonsters, as always, we thank you for joining us here on Tooncast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send us email, as I mentioned before, to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcasting client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at GCR and Tooncast and at Tooncast Beyond for the show. I am at TFG and Mike. You can also follow at Geekcast Radio for the network. Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also look for Tooncast, all tunes, all the time over there as well. We hope you enjoyed this uh, surprising episode of Tooncast here in December of 2022 because I did not plan on doing any more episodes for the year, but we hope you enjoyed it. And for next time, I have no clue what we're doing. I've started actually doing, which I may have to have you back for this, which means you'll have to make a list. All right. Uh, your top 10 tunes, your like favorite top 10 tunes. I had a guy, a buddy of mine, Tim Nidell, who does Saturday morning rewind. I started this with him and I, it's going, it's going to be an, ex- an expansion of what the origins already are. But uh, I'm like, I want people's personal top 10 lists. So, okay. Are we talking series or are we talking episodes? Se- just overall series. Oh, thank God. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's, animated series or films so fair enough as long long as it's animated it doesn't matter yeah no episodes we we'd have are you kidding me oh yeah well i i drive people insane trying to choose 10 episodes of just one or multiple shows like mike you've been doing this for 14 years you've had some (laughs) ambitious projects i felt the need to clarify yes well i mean we just finished top 100 transformers characters last year and at this point, next year, we're going to be doing the Top 100 Toy Countdown. So, oh boy, that's that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. 
So for now, I am TFG and Mike with... Mike Irizarry from What's on Joe Mind. Thank you for listening and join us next time. And oh yeah, unleash the tune in you. I just knew I wasn't going to like this. You're beautiful. Nerd ain't no pinata. Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination.